2: On my website at shalomkline.com, and while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at shalomkline. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So let's jump right into it. You know, it's interesting. Um, every morning, uh, I'm pretty diligent, and I uh, I check a number of different things. Um, but I also check my uh, my bank account, and uh, I have heard business owners that have said, "Well." You know, my account and saying I'm making money, so why don't I have any money in the account? So our first guest on the program today, Martin Holland, is an award-winning business coach who has four decades of experience as a successful business owner and teacher, and he's taught over 300 small businesses how to increase profit and cash flow. Very timely discussion as we approach the end of Q1 of 2021. So Martin Holland, welcome to the program. Thank you, sir. It's great to have you. So, Martin, um, behind every uh, bit of experience, there's probably a bit of a story. I know you have uh, an MBA from the University of Oklahoma, um, but how did you get into this line of work at uh, being the expert at helping people essentially earn a profit?
0: Well, start out with a good father who was an entrepreneur, had a lot of patents, and started training me early. But uh, over the last 47 years, I've uh, started or reorganized. Six businesses, two of them failed, sold the other four, sold the last one about 11 years ago, and decided I didn't really want to go through all that again, raising capital and establishing markets and getting everything. And I thought maybe there's a chance that my experience might benefit somebody else. So I got into coaching, took a couple of years to figure out what coaching is all about, and uh, have never had so much fun in my life. Uh, It's just been absolutely Uh, staggeringly fun.
2: Well, I can tell you are having fun and uh, so much fun that you took the time to write a book called The Profit Problem, um, which again, they say I make money. So why don't I have any? And you talk about bookkeeping, accounting, financial, small business. So at this point in the conversation, some people might be uh, starting to snore, um, but this is so important. And business owners, you need to listen to Martin Holland. So, Martin, I don't want you to share all of the secrets in the book, but what are some of the things that you talk about that our entrepreneur listeners can put into action this week?
0: Well, thanks for saying that. And you said snore and that I almost caution you don't say bookkeeping because people will tune you out. Don't say accounting. People will tune you out uh, the way just to get people in the right mindset. I asked people, if you knew that if you raised your gross profit margins 1% that you would increase your profit 15%, would you do it? If you knew that increasing your sales by 17% would double your net profit, would you do it? If you knew that you could raise your prices 10% and lose 22% of your business without affecting your profit, would that give you the courage to look into raising prices? Those are the kinds of things that turn people from being eyes rolled back, bored about bookkeeping into, wait a minute, now, where did you get that? That's information that comes from having good accounting records. Um, There are, I think, a couple of reasons for that. And one is, this is axiomatic, in my opinion. People behave differently when you keep score. And accounting and bookkeeping and financial statements are the score. They tell you how they performed in the past. And if they're done properly, they inform your decisions about the future. I'm not nearly so interested in the past paying taxes and things like that, which is what most books uh, do in small business, or at least they're They scrabble enough together so that they can pay taxes. I want books that you can use to make decisions about the future. And there's another uh, uh, quote. I can't even remember if if it was Deming or who it was, but he said, you cannot manage what you do not measure. Uh, So implied in that is you you have to keep score. People will pay differently. And if you don't manage everything that happens to you is an accident. You might thrive by accident, but it's not likely. So I don't know if that answered your question, but that's the impetus behind what I do. And I, I absolutely love it.
2: It does, Martin. I'm speaking with uh, Martin Holland, who is uh, the author of The Profit Problem, as well as uh, the host of a uh, brand new uh, podcast, which is, uh, which is pretty exciting. It's called The Cashflow Contractor. And uh, Martin, I I have to go back to that, uh, I guess, preconceived notion that some people have is that uh, building financial statements is something you have to do because you have to file your taxes at the end of the year. Um, So you're arguing that actually building your financial statements and actually doing proper bookkeeping, and I'm using that word again, uh, which is dangerous because uh, folks on the other end of uh, their speakers might uh, start tuning this out, but it is so important. So you talk about how. Doing proper bookkeeping can actually help you figure out is your business making money. Which areas are are you making money? And you talk about some areas of uncovering businesses' true profit using EBITDA, which is a term that some people might not be aware of. So, what are some of the things that caused you to discover this? What are some of the 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 success stories um, that you've seen with some of the businesses that you've worked with uh, that that you've been able to dig in and really help them make more money?
0: Well, I'll have uh, one one example is my client who shows up after this interview. I've worked with him for about two and a half years. When they came to me, they were chaos. They just had money. If they had money on Friday, they'd take it uh, and personally would take it out. And if they didn't have money, they wouldn't. And they didn't know where they were. We finally cobbled together financial statements and they'd lost mid six figures. Within one year of understanding margins, which is a critical element that you get information from books. Within one year of getting margins, they were making positive six figures. And this uh, in 2020, the COVID year, they made substantial six figures. So it's a swing from a minus mid six figures to the plus six figures. And essentially it was understanding margins. And once they understood what margins were, it pointed them in directions where they needed to make, to make a change. One of the most critical uh, leave people with a concrete idea. One of the most critical fundamental ideas that you need to know. Everybody needs to know for their business is break even. Break even at its base level, at its most fundamental level, is the amount you have to sell every month. Let's say before you to pay all your expenses. So before break even, you're making nothing. After break even, you're starting to make a profit. The reason people know that is people think that they, they go to work every day and they make a little money, their landlord makes a little money, their employees make a little money, their suppliers make a little money, everybody's making a little money every day. That's not true. We don't make any money in our business until we paid all those expenses. And the important thing about that is that if you don't break even until the 29th of the month, you had better not go fishing on the 30th. So it's the most fundamental question. Anybody just take that out. How much do you have to sell every month? And then Breakeven has literally thousands of other uses besides that. And that's what my book is, lots of examples of how to use it. And you wind up a little bit like Saul must have felt when he arrived in Damascus. I was blind, but now I can see. So it will guide your decisions rather than just making decisions about how you feel on a particular day.
2: Wow. Well, Martin, um, I have to ask, uh, because we are having this conversation in mid to late March, it might be a little bit too late, but people need to find an accountant. What advice do you have um, for business owners that need to go through that search? What should they be looking for and what questions should they be asking?
0: Well, let me preface it by saying I love accounts, accountants. I love accounting. Uh, Most people don't, but I do. Uh, My book has specific questions to ask. Accountants come in different flavors. They're tax accountants, audit accountants, forensic accountants, but they're what's called managerial accountants. They think differently. You can produce your taxes and everything with a managerial accountant, but managerial accountants arrange your books differently and think differently. So you're looking for an accountant who can help you make decisions about the future, not just plug numbers or stick numbers where they need to be, not illegally, but just stick them someplace convenient so that you can pay your taxes. Uh, again, in my book, I have a description of what I consider to be the right kind of managerial accountant and then questions to ask so that you can find out if the person you're talking to is the
2: right accountant. It sounds like people need to pick up a copy of your book and uh, find your podcast and find your website. So let's, uh, let's make sure we share all of that information with our listeners. Um, where can people learn more about everything that you're doing?
0: Well, my business coaching website is www.annealbcn, that's A-N-N-E-A-L-B-C.com. Uh, my book website is theprofitproblem.com. And our podcast, which I think people will really enjoy, we get great feedback, is the Cash Flow Contractor. And Flow is one word. You can find that on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere else, web, any place that you would get a, get a podcast.
2: Well, uh, Martin Holland, thanks so much for sharing your expertise with our listeners. We're going to continue our conversation about small business jobs and entrepreneurship after a very quick break. Um, But a shout out to our amazing friends and supporters of Get Down to Business. Check out uh, com and HealthPlanChicago.com. We will be back in just a moment. More small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return after this quick break. Welcome back. You are listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So my next guest, Angel Rebo, is known as the CEO Confidant. He is an influencer, a LinkedIn strategist, an international TVO, public speaker, CEO consultant, board member, and philanthropist. And most importantly, over the past 21 years, he's empowered more than 1,500 CEOs in 33 different uh, countries. Um, So lots there. Angel Rebo, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me. Shalom, and obviously, thank you everybody who's listening to us today. Oh, absolutely! Now it's exciting. You uh, you help
2: so many business owners, and you have um, uh, you actually are. Uh, I believe you were born uh, near Barcelona, correct? And so, one of the things that I know you have a lot of conversations with uh, with business owners is understanding cultural differences and helping people be successful in growth. So, Angel, how did you discover that yourself?
1: <laughs> That's a great question. Well, I, I will have to say you know, thanks to mom and dad that they put me through, you know, uh, French language, uh, you know, lessons and English language lessons. I started an international career in the nineties, and I started to do that. I mean, I started to basically reach out to companies without, you know, knowing almost anything about them, and I started to call high, what is called in the sales in the sales, you know, uh, environment, right? So I started to call C-level executives. To actually, my first job ever in sales was to provide appointments to my field reps. So suddenly I saw myself, thanks to my language skills, that I was I was, you know, assigned different territories and, and larger territories and larger territories. I started even to call to territories that I didn't speak the languages. But the reality is that as soon as you start getting in touch with people from different cultures and countries and, and, and geographies, you actually develop a develop a, a skill which is being flexible enough to be able to communicate with them, even though the language could be an issue. So that's how I got into that. And, you know, the rest is history. I moved from Europe. Uh, I mean, I extensively worked in Europe, many countries, and then I moved to Latin America, did the same thing. And then 10 years ago, I actually moved here to Plano in Texas.
2: So Angel, I have to ask um, in one of my first questions in our conversation is um, we're having this conversation in, the early part of 2021, where travel is still somewhat restricted. You strike me as the type of guy that loves to travel and loves to make connections happen. How has this past year been for you? And what are your plans for the next year?
1: Exactly. I mean, you are bang on, uh, Shalom. I mean, it's it was tough because I'm used to be traveling all the time. I used to, I used to obviously also, you know, do field work myself. I have had to change, you know, as anybody else. I and mean, I had to change and actually use extensively much more than ever before my my network of connections you know working in 33 countries with so many companies for so many years allow me to develop my own you know network of, of connections of business partners of friends of uh, clients and i have been using it extensively so i don't have to travel myself personally and also it it has not only you know affected my you know consulting business the ceo confident business but also my nonprofit as you know i have a nonprofit it's called wisdom for kids i co-founded it a few years ago, and what we do is we help underprivileged kids in Latin America become entrepreneurs using the local resources. And that has been an issue. I mean, I, I talk to the, to the volunteers in the field almost every day. And I have to tell you, it's been really tough because most of the volunteers haven't seen the kids literally within a year. They have not seen the kids that we have been helping on our on their entrepreneurial you know, uh, journey. So it's, it's, it has been tough. It really has been tough to your question, Shalom.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I understand. And um, so Angel, you have become an expert, not only in growth of your business, but more importantly, the growth that you've helped other businesses uh, achieve in developing uh, partnerships, exactly. growth internationally. Exactly. So I don't want you to share all of your secrets, but what are some of the things that business owners can implement um, if they want to start to do business in other countries and other cultures and uh, and not just focus on the here and now? We are in a global marketplace these days.
1: Exactly. So Let's put it this way, you know. Every season, as you said before, you know, it's March 2021. Most of the people only see adversity, but actually, I see opportunity. And what we what has been happening that people has been getting, you know, more and more and more and more used to do, to doing business in line is actually a big blessing. So I have consistently used going global and going international as a way to grow to accelerate the growth of business owners and CEOs. Right, as you very well said. So n- number one, now it's much easier. Let's say you know, the barriers of entry to any international market is are much lower. So right now, going to other markets and use the same services and same products, obviously you have to customize them some in, in some way, you know, up, up to a point. But doing that has never been easier because of you know the changes in the habits of the people that right now are uh, actually consuming both those products and those services. Okay, so you are able to actually use what you have already developed, which has been so hard for you to develop for so many years. It's much easier now to deploy and to deliver those services and products to those places. That's number one. Number two, also, you know, everybody thinks, you know, maybe I'm providing a service, let's say, and in order to be able to deliver that service to that place, I just have to translate it. I just have to make this. I have to look for local maybe a local partners that we will be able to deliver my service using my IP. Maybe I can license my products and my services. That is true, but obviously there is a still a science in doing that. So what I'm trying to say is the revenue opportunity has never been larger than what it is today. The only caveat is that you have to be able to identify those cultural differences that will allow you to do that. And again, it's the adversity has actually become an opportunity because everybody right now is more open, to explore opportunities of products and services coming from abroad, that's why actually it's been a blessing. You know, I have not been able to travel as much, but it's been a blessing because I have seen that the habits of the people that are going to buy your products or services in general they have changed in a positive way. That's that's why I consistently, you know, uh, I, I consistently say and, and 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 identify and remind business owners and CEOs that. It's never been a better, a better way or a better time in history to actually go international and grow your business.
2: I'm chatting with Angel Ribo, the CEO confidant, um, and we've been talking about international success. We've been talking about, obviously, uh, I'm, I'm with you, Angel, um, missing travel very, very much. Um, but you call yourself the CEO confidant, and I know that you have a massive, massive presence and a lot of people that, uh, that seek your guidance. So tell us about some of the success stories. Tell us about especially even over the past year in embracing Zoom and embracing some of the uh, some of the technologies uh, that's available. Tell us about some of the businesses that you've been able to to help make a difference
1: in their bottom line. I think that the most important story I can make is the large amount of small business owners because you know large companies typically have these contingency plans, right? So, um, and I really really value the risk and the courage that small business owners and startup CEOs they have. When things like this happen in the world, and I have been focusing a lot on companies on on how to help them pivot how to you know how to allow them to see services and products that did they didn 't see before okay and that has been the most important focus of myself because I have seen that people were nervous. Why were their neighbors because they saw again that the habits of the market that the consumers had changed, and they didn 't know. And they couldn't keep on offering those services and those products. So I can tell you many different stories, but maybe one of the stories was, one, someone that was working in the diversity and inclusion space that was using a specific way to go to the market. Actually, it's, it's a it's, it's actually just small you know, services company. And through analyzing how the sentiment, how the feelings of the market had changed, how the needs of the market were changing. We were able to actually completely change the positioning of that company, completely put ourselves in the brain, in the mind of the consumers, and actually adapt. Because, hey, don't forget, I mean, please make sure everybody listening to us today, don't forget that the people are in a different place from a mindset perspective from where they were 12 months ago. So it's very important that you change your positioning and you change when you describe the transformation path that you provide to your clients that you describe it properly and the results are going to be the same but the transformation path is going to be different because you're actually meeting your future clients in a different place that's extremely important and that's that's what i have been doing for the last 12 months uh, shalom
2: i i absolutely love it and uh, angel you have uh, as we said quite the presence so uh, i know a lot of places that people can find you and learn more about your services but also very importantly your uh, your philanthropy and your nonprofit work so uh, angel, can you tell our listeners where they can learn more about how they can uh, get
1: involved and uh, and hopefully get in touch with you? Absolutely. Very easy. I'm very active online. I post every single day. You know, I share a lot of you know professional and personal stories online every single day. My last name is Rebo, R-I, B as in Boy O. And I say that because I'm gonna give you my email address. I answered all the all the emails you can send to me. Again, it's angel at angelrebo.com. You go to LinkedIn, again, I'm very active on the on the messaging system there. So you can reach out to me anytime. And to get involved in Wisdom for Kids, which is the name of uh, our foundation, it's very easy. You go to wisdomforkids.today, wisdomforkids.today, and you will be able to you know either sign up as a volunteer or become a donor.
2: Fantastic. Angel Erivo, you are a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us on Get Down to Business. We're going to squeeze in a quick break, have some headlines, and we'll be back. More small business jobs and entrepreneurship and Get Down to Business when we return. I've been super excited for this conversation. I've got David Duford, who is the founder of DavidDuford.com, which is a virtual insurance agency that helps agents become top producers. And uh, David is an expert in uh, teaching why this is an untapped market for making money. And David is a YouTube influencer in insurance sales. So David, it's an honor to have you. Greetings and salutations. Thank you very much. It's great to have you, my friend. So David, um, how did you get into the insurance business? Let's start there.
3: Out of complete desperation, uh, I had a personal training business during the Great Recession, uh, and uh, could not get hired anywhere. And when you're desperate to find work, you start considering selling insurance. <laughs> Absolutely. So you you jumped in, and you uh, out of desperation you jumped in, and not
2: only did you start selling insurance, you became an expert. You've written several books selling insurance for new agents, selling final expense expense insurance and interviews, top producing insurance agents. So, so much there. So what is it that makes a successful agent versus somebody that is not successful?
3: Uh, Focus and discipline. The funny thing about this business is there really is a lot of great opportunities, um, especially people who come into this tend to be a half glass full type. And what I have found that works really well is a focus on one particular strategy or product as opposed to selling everything, it's better for new agents to come in and focus on one product to to begin with. Uh, There's so much to know about one product or one market that focusing on that one is probably going to give the best type of results. And of course, the discipline to stick to the plan. Uh, Agents are going to have great days, they're going to have bad days, and you've got to be able to be disciplined to stick to it, even through the bad stuff. And of course, focus and discipline, uh, common sense stuff, but is uh, always harder to execute on when, when actually doing it. And as my dad would say, it's all
2: widgets. So I know that ultimately we're talking insurance, but ultimately it's the same, uh, it's the same principles that hold true, we call it in sales in general, sales and marketing. You, that's where you've become an expert. And as I mentioned a moment ago, you've become an in, a YouTube influencer. So what are some of the sales tips that you would recommend for business to consumer professionals? What has worked for
3: you and what can people put into practice today? A couple of things. Be consultative. Don't be pushy. Really be sincerely concerned about how to help your clients solve their problems. And if you take a sincere interest in them, they will reciprocate and do business with you more often than not. Ask open-ended questions. Uh, I find that open-ended questions are the kind of the magic power. I think of how we teach agents how to sell successfully and likewise would be very useful. Uh, Open-ended questions provide context They provide stories and emotion, all of which increases urgency to buy. And last but not least, uh, all of this that we do in sales and insurance and otherwise is a a numbers game. Ultimately, Um, you've got to, as we say in insurance, see the people. You have to do enough presentations. You have to see enough prospects. You have to get enough leads. And even if you're the best salesperson on the face of the planet, if you're only seeing a third of the uh, presentations you need to to see in order to hit your income, you're just not going to do very well. So the big mm. advice to anybody in business and selling to consumers is you got to see enough prospects, and if you just do enough of that, a lot of the mistakes and the things that happen tend to work themselves out simply because you have the the law of law of of large numbers in your favor. Hi, I'm chatting with David
2: DeFord, who is a uh, YouTube influencer, a best-selling author, and uh, importantly, uh, an insurance guru. But uh, David, we're talking a lot about a, uh, a lot about success stories. Actually, I want to change gears, and I actually want to talk about failure stories. Uh, my understanding is that your first year, you actually failed out of the insurance business. Tell us about that experience and how you've learned some lessons from from that story.
3: Sure. No, it was. am um, looking back. Of course, it was the best experience of my life. Um, I learned humility, uh, how to follow a system, and 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 really sticking the fundamentals. And the whole reason I failed is because I didn't do any of that. I came in with what I thought was a higher level of understanding of marketing. And in this business of, of final expense sales, the type of uh, marketing strategies that we do um, are pretty well known. Uh, there's, they're established. There's not a lot of uh, innovation. And what we teach agents is to follow a system that's already been proven to work. Well, I got away from that system. I got away from the fundamentals. I started creating my own untested, unfounded leads which ultimately led to my demise around the 12-month mark of the business. I had to go get a job, work for somebody else, which was good because I never had. I'd always been an entrepreneur. So I realized what I had lost, this great opportunity to run my own business, uh, earn a great income, and have some freedom that I wouldn't if I was an employee. And, um, you know, for me, uh, I had to make all the mistakes in order to improve and learn. But for me, the big big thing was having humility, focusing on the the fundamentals and executing that strategy day to day, despite the ups and downs that happen.
2: I'll learn you have and teach you have. So uh, again, David, you have already taught our listeners so, so much in our conversation. I want to make sure the listeners know where they can find you. I know if they just Google you, they will see so, so much. Um, But uh, you have some fantastic books and some fantastic content. Where can people learn more?
3: Yeah. So probably the best place to go be YouTube. Just put my name into YouTube, David Duford. You'll see an endless uh, stream of videos that will have all sorts of information about selling insurance and related topics. You can also go to my website, davidduford.com. If you're interested in the insurance sales business, you'll see a link at the top that says uh, free resource guide. Click that. It'll have you a lot of information and blog posts about different aspects of insurance sales. And if you want to learn more about my books, uh, simply go to Amazon and put my name in David Duford and you'll see all three from listed there. Well, David DeFord, thank you so much
2: for joining us here on the show. Uh, we're going to squeeze in a quick break. More small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return on a show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Get Down to Business. This show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by Chris Bois, who is the Chief Strategy Officer and Senior Coach at the Handel Group. Um, and they are uh, all about uh, teaching methodology at educational institutions like Stanford, MIT, NYU, and your organizations, including Live Nation, Vogue, and LinkedIn. So, so much there, Chris, welcome to the program.
4: Hi, thank you for having me. Happy to be here.
2: Oh, it's exciting to have you. So Chris, I want to talk about your background first. Um, for the past uh, 10 years, you've been working as an educator, consultant, and executive life coach. Um, and uh, you have quite a background yourself, so let's talk about that for a moment and how you got into what you were doing and uh, developing your expertise. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
4: Yeah, so uh, my background, my first career, as I like to say it, was in fashion retail. Um, so I did marketing, branding, consumer experience, visual merchandising for retail companies. And, uh, you know, as I was growing in my leadership, I realized that it takes a lot more to become an executive and run big teams and just knowing how to do your job. And so uh, I stumbled quite a bit. So I became a coach because I was failing at my job (laughs) and hired a coach actually to help me figure out how to be better at my job, although I was very much resistant in the beginning. I had friends who were like, you should get a coach to help you. And I was like, who does that coach? Like, no people are, like airing my dirty laundry. No, thank you. Um, but after a lot of arm twisting, got a coach and it radically changed my ability to lead. Because one of the things that a coach does is, is they help you really understand the intricacies of your personality and how to best manage your reputation and have conversations and manage dynamics. Um, And so having that board of advisor was really useful to me. So it got me to be able to best figure out how to inspire people, motivate people and stand my ground. Because before that, I was very much people pleasing and not really leading.
2: Wow. Um, So, uh, Krista, you are the chief strategy officer and senior coach at the Handle Group. Um, The Handle Group actually has a number of different uh, sort of different uh, angles. Um. So let's talk about what you guys do. Uh, can you tell us uh, a little bit of a uh, brief overview? Yes.
4: Yeah, so we are an executive life coaching company. So what that means is that when we when we work with people, we work on um, their whole life holistically, and um, whether you are coming to us from any side, as you just mentioned, uh, we follow a very similar process. So we have multiple divisions, the core of which are our education division. Uh, our corporate division and our life coaching division. We also have a sports division where we work with athletes. In all of these divisions, we work with people on making sure that they're operating on peak performance and that they're optimizing their relationships so they can get the best results. Um, depending on which place you come to us from, if you're coming in our life coaching division, we're going to focus with you more on your personal life and look at your personal history, and support you with your interpersonal relationships. In our corporate division, we focus more on your business and your leadership brand and your executive presence, but we also look at your life holistically because the truth is you can't be great at work and not great in your personal life, right? Like it doesn't work. So whenever I get an executive, I'm always like, hi, like how much are you sleeping? (laughs) And they're like, I thought this was executive coaching. And I'm like, yes. But if you're not sleeping well, you're not great with your team in the morning. Like, it's impossible, right? So your personal life always impacts your professional life. So um, when we're working with people, it does, again, doesn't matter in the space, even with, in the education space, when we're working with graduate students or professors or administrators, we're always taking a holistic approach to ensure that people are living in accordance with their highest ideals. What we like to call they're living in their personal integrity.
2: So tell us a recent uh, example of a success story in either of, in any of those categories that you just uh, mentioned um, somebody that you've been able to to help please without names.
4: (laughs) Oh, okay. A recent success story. Oh, this is a good question. Um, So I had a client just very recently, um, a super successful person who is in the middle of toying of whether or not they want to make a big career jump, a career, a big, career leap, And this happens quite often in coaching. We oftentimes get people uh, who are interested in coaching when they're feeling like they've kind of reached all they can reach in their jobs. It's time for something new. They're not exactly sure what it is. And how we help them figure out what's next is we get them to go dream and really start to invent for themselves what's next. And it's a process to get people to dream because what's happening when we're not dreaming, and so for anybody listening If you are not dreaming right now, you're probably in some version of complacency in your day-to-day, a little bit resolved. Uh, Maybe you're nitpicking and things bother you and you're annoyed by little things, Uh, or perhaps you're just causing some messes in your day-to-day. Like people who are not dreaming find themselves in some level of bored um, or frustrated, And that's a big cue for us. So oftentimes people come to coaching because they find themselves in that position. And our job is to get people to get back inspired. So we lead them through a dream writing process, which has many paths before we finally get to the outcome of what the dream is and where we're going to go. And then we get people to start playing with that dream, like taking like small risks to test it out and date it to see if it's where they want to go. So my recent success story is I had a client, super successful, was done with their particular profession, didn't really know it, was sort of nitpicky and unhappy. And we went through this process, and now she's making this massive career leap and starting her own business in a very different industry than what she's been in.
2: Well, congratulations on the success. And um, Krista, I'm going to squeeze in a quick break, uh, and we will continue our conversation talking about your work and talking also about how 2021 is looking. I know that in your line of work, you do a lot of speaking. You do a lot of engagements. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to hearing about how this uh, this upcoming year is looking. Um, be sure to check out Get Down to Business on your favorite podcast uh, app. Uh, your platform is available everywhere, including my other podcast called We All Serve, where I interview military leaders. Uh, be sure to check out my website, ShalomKlein.com. That's where you download podcasts of the past seven plus years of shows. We are going to squeeze in a quick break. But we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. I am chatting with the one, the only, Krista Boyce, who is the Chief Strategy Officer at the Handle Group. And uh, Krista, uh, you and I have been talking uh, before the break uh, about some of your success stories. Um, so again, congratulations on that. But uh we are having this conversation in the early part of 2021. 2020, uh, I know, has been a unique year. Uh, ordinarily, I know you love to travel and speak and, and engage in so many different levels. So tell us. How last year was, and how this year is turning out, uh, and sort of what how how you're planning and strategizing.
4: Well, I have to say that I've been on a plane at least once a month since my early twenties, and last year I was in this room that you can see me in right now, and it was very painful. <laughs> it was very painful. And um, so, at some point, my husband and I were like, "We got to get out of here." So, like last week, we went to California. We we're like, "We got to go. We just got to leave the house." Um, So there was that, but let me talk about business for a minute Um, and 2020. So the things that we saw in 2020, most people, is that we started to redefine what our work looks like and how we do work and where we work, and, and everyone's sort of contending with this particular phenomenon. So last year for me was really all about helping my clients figure out how to structure their offices, their teams, and their culture to be conducive to this new work environment. Um, because the truth is, many businesses were not set up for, that, for this particular structure because we didn't have it in place. And even some businesses didn't even have laptops for people, right? Like, people listening might know that like, they didn't have any way to access their databases or anything from home. So that was a really big uh, challenge uh, for business owners and companies for the employees and the people working in the company, the challenge was like, how do I work from home and actually be productive and figure out how to still have balance in my life and like get sunlight and uh, you know, take care of my kids and be a normal human, and you know, brush my teeth. A lot of times, I'd get on calls with clients, and they're like, "I think I'm still wearing my pajamas. I'm so sorry." It's like it happens. So, 2020 was really about setting the foundation for people to help them be very successful when it comes to working in this new world order, and that included talking about the differences between pivoting, pivoting, and reacting for businesses. Pivoting is when you're really being strategic and thinking big picture about the future. Reacting is just making a change quickly just to survive. And many businesses did a lot of reacting last year. And so my work's been in helping people think about what the pivots are gonna be um, and sort of help predict the future of what their industry is gonna look like. And then for my one on one clients, it's really been helping them figure out how to redesign what they think about productivity and effectiveness in their day to day, because that's all been flipped on its head.
2: Well, that's, uh, you covered so, so much over there, not only in terms of what 2020 has been like and what 2021 is looking like, but we're living in an evolving world. And I know that you are evolving together with your clients and helping them in all of those areas that we talked about earlier. Uh, Again, chatting with Krista Boyce, uh, Chief Strategy Officer and Senior Coach at the Handle Group, which has several different areas, HG Life, HG Corp, Diversity, education, sports, so many different areas. So, Chris, we covered a lot over here. I want to make sure our listeners know where they can reach you and your team. Uh, can, you, uh, can you share some contact information, of course, your website?
4: Yes, of course. So, um, handelgroup.com is where you can go to find out more information about the company and our offerings, and you can learn more about each division. So, it's, it's H A N D E L group.com And uh, that will give you sort of like stock information about who we are and what we do. If you are interested in learning more about how we do what we do and want free coaching or to interact with um, our coaches, you should go on Instagram, Handel group and Instagram because we offer free coaching community calls and we post all um, events so if you want to join one of our events which we do plenty of every month you should go there and figure like play with us and get engaged. Uh, and then also one of the things I invite people to do is take our current reality quiz. It's a quiz that you can download on our website that helps you understand where you fall in your life. Um, and it'll give you a good uh, point of reference for like what you can go work on if you were interested in coaching or wanted to participate in our calls.
2: Fantastic. Well, Krista, thank you so much for joining us. And it's been quite a show. What a great lineup that we have had here on get down to business. Be sure to check out my website, shalomkline.com to success. Let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on 8560 The Answer.